0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you
1: did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at quiz.fox.
2: This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails.
1: What are you
0: talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. It's a special
2: extended home stretch on The Guy Benson Show. And if you're listening on the broadcast live, this song is sort of the jazz piano version of A Christmas Tree. Is this from Charlie Brown Christmas? Yeah. Oh, it's just so relaxing. It makes me want to just curl up with some hot cocoa by the fire. Listen to it. Christine's already taking out her flask for a little nip. I can picture it. Of course, that would be both of us in the same house at Christmas, so no, this is clearly a bad dream. Welcome back. That was weird. Glad to have you here. It's a great song, though. That whole soundtrack is great. My mom would listen to that a lot when we were growing up. She had the CD of it, and I like it, but I don't necessarily like it for the 32nd day in a row, so I think we had to limit... Playing the Charlie Brown's Christmas soundtrack, but it really is honestly very, very good. I've already gone off the rails in this segment. What I was going to do and what I will do in a moment is confess something. But first, I'll remind you that the podcast is always available for free at guybensonshow.com and I'll remind you to please tune into Kennedy tonight. I'll be guest hosting 7 p.m. Eastern Fox Business Network. Great lineup. We got the panel. We got Dr. Sapphire, if you didn't get enough Sapphire on this show. Katie Pavlich rolling in. It's going to be fun. So, the confession. And before we go here, I just want to say spoiler alert to anyone in my immediate family. So, if you're listening to the show and you are one of four people, you know who you are, plus Adam, tune out, tune away. Turn off the radio, because I don't want you to know what I'm about to say involving Christmas gifts, okay? So I'll give you a moment to click and go elsewhere. Perfect, okay. I have bought zero Christmas gifts for anyone. None. Which is only technically true, because certain things I have agreed to or have previously done. So Adam wanted new dishware. Like, new dishes, new everything. He did not like what we have been using for years. So before Thanksgiving, we went to a nice store in the neighborhood, got two full sets. And it was not cheap. And we went that early because we wanted to use some of them for Thanksgiving, which we did, and they looked great. So that, at the time, I said, this is your Christmas gift. If you feel strongly about it and you really want it, this is your Christmas gift. He said, great. We also have a few trips planned that I've got, you know, his flights for and that sort of thing. So that's the gift, but that's not going to be under the tree unless I go and wrap literally one of the, like, side plates. a salad plate, put a bow on it and say, remember, this was the deal. So that's what I've got for him. For my parents, I got them tickets to A Christmas Carol at Forge Theater back when they were in town for Thanksgiving, we are also treating them to a very nice dinner Christmas Eve. So that's kind of the Christmas gift there. My brother I've got taken care of. My sister wanted me to help with a flight on a trip with her friends, so we were going to book that together. So there's nothing that's going to be physically under the tree. I just have been a little bit behind this year. Like, even I do holiday and Christmas bonuses for our little team here at the Guy Benson Show. Everyone works really hard. And I think in years past, I've at least gotten a card and then written something nice and a little note, even to producer Christine, saying how hard they work and how appreciative I am and all that. This year, I literally just handed all of them a folded-in-half check. Like, here you go. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas.
1: Which is totally fine.
2: You're fine with that? No card was okay yeah, with you? The check was fine. <laughs> okay, you're you're satisfied with that. I, I'm glad to hear it. So the question is, like, it's not that I have not done Christmas gift things. It's not like no gifts exist at all. What the truth is, I just don't have anything physical to wrap, put the bow, a little, you know, from guy to... None of those exist, so our Christmas tree will have gifts underneath, none of which are coming from me, and I felt like I just had to say that out loud because I'm feeling kind of guilty about it, even though I don't necessarily think that I should. It's not like I just decided not to give anyone gifts for Christmas. Everyone's getting something. It's just not a tangible, wrappable thing, and I'm up here in New York, away from home for the days all the way leading up until Pretty late tomorrow night then all of a sudden it's Christmas Eve so I suppose I could go and do some last minute minor things on Christmas Eve but I also got like you know the beef tenderloin for Christmas Day which is five pounds very expensive and like it's expensive to host something that I'm learning also the Christmas party that we hosted that our team was at I mean that's Christine's shaking her head. That's over. It I am doesn't count. so
1: angry at you right now. Why? I have so many thoughts. You can't count the meat you buy as a Christmas present. No,
2: I'm not saying that it's a Christmas present. I'm just saying I that is going to be one of my checklist chores that I have to do tomorrow that would potentially preclude me from getting like a little bauble or a book or something just to have under the tree. I don't know. I I feel like you think that I am doing something borderline Monstrous here,
1: kind of. Um, this is why when you and I spoke back in I don't know October, November about getting to a mall, going Christmas shopping, buying presents. No, I never do that. I offered to meet you at a mall so we could go shopping together, like we best don't friends do.
2: Live in the same state.
1: Well, we could have figured out a state to meet in. We could have went to Delaware and went shopping. I feel like you definitely need to get something. Her under... First of all, the dishes, no. No. That was the gift. No, that's not a gift. That is for both of you It was hundreds of dollars. Listen, I'm telling you right now, that would be like Bobby buying that Dyson for me. Back... Oh, that Dyson. It doesn't yeah. Even work. Yeah, it's gone. It's there. It just doesn't... It doesn't work. But that would be like him buying that and putting it under the tree for Christmas. But
2: that's what you wanted. And it was a... Gener- I didn't want it
1: for Christmas. But I just you, wanted it. You wanted it... For the it household.
2: In life. And it's an expensive gift. And yes, if he had gotten yes, it that was. to you, something that you wanted, that you would express a desire for.
1: Not for Christmas.
2: But we had also agreed that this was the Christmas present.
1: I just, I don't love it. I think you can go get him a little something. Now, you are, I mean, you're a few days out, so it's kind of, you're not really getting much. But I will tell you what you can buy every single one of your family. Everybody is 21 and over, correct? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm going to say. A book. Go to a liquor store.
2: <laughs> I'm just of course you're gonna say booze. But that's the thing. I have tons of booze in my house that they will be drinking.
1: Oh, oh, personalized flasks. You can get to things remembered. Do you know that? Remember that store in the mall? I don't really. Where you can't engra-
2: we don't really do flasks. We have no need for flasks.
1: Everybody could use a flask. Well,
2: I don't know if that's actually true. Uh, not Like, do I have to go over to a bookstore and get, like, books for people? We have a cute little boutique in the neighborhood. Maybe I could get a little something just for my mom. One, yeah, just
1: something, definitely for your mom.
2: Maybe I could just take them. Like, here, come and you know, get something no, that you no, want.
1: No, 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 we're not going to do that. Or you can, um, oh, I know what uh, people love, like, especially moms. Go get, like, a picture of you and your mother and, like, frame it, you know?
2: I, that's a nice idea. It's just a little bit. Probably late in the game for that.
1: No, you could go to CVS. Do
2: you get a framed photo of us?
1: Well, you'd have to go get the frame. But like, you have to go to Home. Do you know? Have it, you ever been to is, a Home Goods?
2: I've been with my mother actually to a Home Goods.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. So see, this is all stuff I could have helped you with. Just saying. Except,
2: I just I feel a little bad that I won't have anything wrapped, but I also don't think that I've done anything wrong. Like, I think that people are getting things that they want. People are getting things that they've asked for. Parents are hard to buy for in general, but, you know, we've done a lot.
1: You can also— I'm
2: talking myself out of feeling guilty. You are.
1: You are. Maybe I
2: shouldn't even call this a confession. Maybe I should call this a proud announcement.
1: You're just trying to reassure yourself you did the right thing.
2: Yeah, I think that's right.
1: My therapist would have said that. Wow, I actually listened to something she said. Um, (laughs) You know what we're doing? So my mom had uh, bought herself an iPhone. And it was pricey. So she said, just throw me money for that, you know. So I was like, well, I'm not going to just give you money on Christmas Eve for that. So what I did was, like, I got a box and had Megan, like, you know, draw something. And then we wrapped it. So it's like a little present. Do you know what I'm saying? So she has, and then obviously I got her other things because I don't listen. You know, we each, in the family, we each have a, a limit. Like, you know, for my sister, we each give each other... Like
2: a dollar limit? Yeah,
1: like $100, and then I just like...
2: And that's it, and you just blow right past Oh,
1: that. gosh, I just blow right by that. And then Bobby, he sees all the presents and just starts getting angry.
2: It sounds like Megan just makes out like a bandit.
1: Megan? Okay, <laughs> if Bobby and Megan are listening right now... Turn it off. Turn it off.
2: Because you have some inside scoop on what she's getting, not just from you, but maybe also from... From Santa as well, yeah. And in fairness, Megan, I think, deserves a lot given, you know, what she puts up with 364 days a year. I think Actually, Christmas.
1: Megan. I got home last night and Megan had her first little punishment. I mean, granted, she's eight, so it took this long, but she had her first little punishment from Bobby.
2: Wow, was this for, was she selling goods illegally at school again? Bracelets, whatever she was doing with that whole scheme?
1: She had a friend come over and they went up in her room and they got the paint out. And they started not. They started painting, and uh, Megan, we had just taken her to get new clothes, and she had a new shirt on and paint all over it. Mm-hmm. And then she tried to hide it. She, the sweetest. Oh, she's so sweet. She put it like in the closet and like hid the shirt because she knew. So then we said, you you just got to tell us the truth so we can get the paint mm-hmm. out. You can't, you know. And then the the tears.
2: And-, and you're like, it's okay, Megan. Mommy also hid a shirt back when she was a girl. After she did what she did to Carousel, had to get rid of that evidence. Anyway, what is Megan getting this year so, now that they are safely so tuned out? From
1: what I hear from the big guy.
2: Okay, you've got a good source.
1: I got a good source. Um, she will be getting a new iPad. She will be getting the Barbie Dreamhouse. An
2: iPad? Yes. She's how old? Nine?
1: She's eight. She already has one. This is going to be her second. This is
2: a replacement iPad? Yeah. All right.
1: Uh, the Barbie Dream House. Every little girl has to have that one year. Okay. And is, what is
2: that exactly? Just like.
1: Are you kidding? Like
2: dolls and you stuff. You don't
1: know what the Barbie Dream House. No, is. I'm a boy. So it's literally a huge dollhouse, but okay. Barbie. Okay. Okay. It's pretty big. It's pretty epic.
2: That's mostly going to be for you, isn't it?
1: <laughs> I do love to play Barbies with her. Mm-hmm. My Barbie's usually hungover. <laughs> yeah, it's just like no. <laughs> I'm not kidding.
2: Don't bother this Barbie. She's tired. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This Barbie had a long night.
1: I usually say, like, this, like, my Barbie, you know, whoever her name is, like, she came in at, like, 2 in the morning, and she's, you're probably going to punish her, so just leave her up there. <laughs> uh, then she got, do you know what American Girl doll is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have this ice cream truck, so she got that. Wow. Um, She got a necklace-making kit. Oh, she got a green screen.
2: Wait, a necklace-making kit. Is that, are you enabling her little side hustle? <laughs>
1: A little bit. This is a different kind of necklace. Uh, she got a green screen and all the stuff that goes with making videos because she wants to start a Megan's Mega World on YouTube. So actually, she did get a lot of stuff.
2: Are you going to let your daughter put videos of herself on the Internet?
1: It will be monitored, and we're trying to figure this out. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not really sure how this is going to go.
2: Yeah, it's a, tri- it's a tricky one. We but want that's her to like be creative. Very, very elaborate Christmas coming up for Megan.
1: Yeah, and that's actually, we scaled back.
2: Congratulations Well, you know to her. what we do,
1: though? I was just telling the boss that. She's like, that just seems like a lot of money. I said, well, we're very old school, Bobby and I. We have a Christmas club. Remember oh, those? Oh, yeah, no,
2: we've talked about this <laughs> before. I'd never heard of it before until you, I think the first year we were doing this show with Benson and Harf, you started talking about a Christmas club, and I looked at Marie. I was like, I don't know what that is. What is she talking about? You save...
1: We start in January. We have a separate account, and that is just for Christmas. It's direct deposited into there. So then when the time comes for Christmas gifts, we don't put anything on a credit card. Um, and if we have leftover... It's just, it's just there. Yeah, and actually, like, we'll take some money out for, like, Thanksgiving dinner, you know? Like, we just, like, if we're hosting, like, that's just everything for the holidays. So we're not, you know, spending, like, too, too much.
2: We have two other members here on the team. They've been awfully silent and absent during this conversation but we will get to dan and to wyatt on the christmas gift train when we come back it's the extended home stretch on the guy benson show
0: the guy benson show more next
2: it's the home home stretch on the guy benson show talking about gifts within the team i gave my confession earlier let's bring in dan the only question i have for you and there's only one correct answer to this have you secured gifts for your girlfriend?
0: I have. I'm also a last minute one though, and I kind of just did it recently. That's fine. Um but no, they are really. they are
2: secured and she's away for the like for Christmas, so I had some extra leeway time to get it. The mm, buffer so zone. They're coming, and I didn't want her to see the boxes come to the apartment.
0: So they're coming after while she's gone. But you're covered. You've, but you've I'm covered that yes, okay, absolutely. very
2: good. I'm covered. Meanwhile, Quiet Wyatt. You're a big gift-giving guy. You brought, actually, a very lovely gift to our Christmas party, some little Yeti sort of, like, wine glasses that you could have outside or even in a hot tub-type situation setting. Very nice, plus some booze. And you said to fly. Where are you flying again? You have to, oh, you're going? Of course, you're going to Disney. Of course you're going to Disney. And you had to check an additional bag because you have so many gifts that you've already purchased how many gifts are you bringing with you down to Florida?
0: Well, I also I want to say I'm not a great gift giver because last year I really failed. I really dropped the ball, and my siblings were very disappointed when I got them. Wow. I literally gave them 50 bucks, and I said, and I gave them my code to start a Robinhood account so that they could start investing in stocks because I thought, you know, I get a little something if they use my <laughs> code, and they get a little stock thing. They were very disappointed with that. So I upped my game this year. So I got gifts that I'm going to bring down to Florida, um, for for both my parents and my siblings. Are you more
2: confident this year that they will oh, be
0: greeted with uh, greater fanfare? Big time. I got I got my my siblings both Apple watches for Christmas. Oh wow! I think I think that they could both benefit from maybe you know using them, and and they both have iPhones. They both got new iPhones, so they will work and Whoa. all the stuff. And
2: that's a very generous gift.
0: Yeah. An Apple so Watch? I, I felt like last year I was, I really, they were, it was bad. They were very disappointed. And So, so you need to I, redeem I yourself this year. Yes.
2: See, I was expecting that you would give them a paid subscription to the Wall Street <laughs> Journal and a little $10 gift card to Rook Coffee. And it's really, and they're like, oh, you're like, I'm sorry, you're disappointed by these gifts. You know what? Let me just take those off your hands. It's think you'll have three print editions every day of the Wall Street Journal, and you can just fan them out on a large table with a cup of coffee. You'd be in heaven. Well, safe travels down to Florida, and say hello to the sunshine-free state for us. Say hello to the governor if you bump into him. And because Wyatt's going to be off tomorrow. We're here, although producer Christine is working from home. She will be working the show tomorrow. Dan will be here. I will be here, but Wyatt's off to Florida. So farewell, Wyatt. Merry Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas, Guy. Merry Christmas to the team.
2: And, Christine, are you ready for your last day before your little break to work from home? Are you going to be working from home or are you going to be, quote, working?
1: No, I have to be producer Christine and producer Wyatt tomorrow, so good luck with that.
2: Yes, that's the spirit. All right, we got to go. Kennedy tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Fox Business Network. I'm in for the great lady. Hope to see you there. Back here on the radio tomorrow. Merry Christmas. Have a great night. We'll talk to you then. Home stretch on the Guy Benson Show. GuyBensonShow.com, that's our website. Heading up to New York after the show for lots of TV duties in the coming days. It is the most wonderful time of the year. It is Christmas time. We love it. Doing some last minute gift ideas, planning meals and dinner reservations and all of it. And what would Christmas be without a little bit of drama and intrigue? So the other night, Adam started getting a few text messages. We ended up hearing from multiple people. And I guess other people were funneling their questions through this one well-connected person involved in Colorado politics. There was a rumor going around, apparently, that this person wanted some clarity on. The rumor involved me, your humble host of this fine program, Guy Benson. The rumor was, and I have to try to say this with a straight face, that I was preparing to run for governor of Colorado. (laughs) What? And, like, my first response, because Adam's like, hey, what is this? I'm getting asked this. I said, do they know that I don't live in Colorado, have never lived in Colorado, have never voted in Colorado? I've been to Colorado. Many times I actually love Colorado. In fact, you might say I love Colorado more than most other states. And I'm just suddenly feeling moved and inspired to say things like, oh, Broncos. But yeah, I've never lived there. I've never voted there. I have no idea how this got started. Maybe some game of, like, political telephone. But evidently there was a major Republican campaign involved in the governor's race that was at least made aware of this rumor, then they're asking, is this a threat? Is this something we need to neutralize or deal with? And, I mean, it is true that I'm going to Colorado after Christmas for a few days. And, I don't know, our internal polling is showing it would be an uphill battle, given my lack of being from Colorado. You never know, though. You know, the polling can improve. It doesn't matter where you start in the polls. The only poll that matters is on Election Day. That's what I've always said, especially about Colorado politics. So maybe when I'm out there in Colorado, I can consult with my team. We can do some more focus groups beyond what we've already done. By the way, go Rockies. I just want to throw that in there. Talk to some of my fundraisers. We're doing a a Christmas party is what my in-laws are calling it, but... One might argue that it's a fundraiser with our 14 biggest heavy hitter would-be donors. I'm calling them, just apropos of nothing, my 14ers. And then if there were, you know, hypothetically smaller donors, I might ask them to pitch in $52.80 just to pick a completely random number connected to nothing at all. It's not a mile high price. It's a reasonable price. To invest In the Benson for Governor campaign. In the state where I don't live. Go Avalanche, by the way. Terrific. Always loved the Avalanche. Even when they were beating my devils in the Stanley Cup finals. Just because their fans are such wonderful people. People from Colorado are wonderful people. Really the best, if you think about it. Plus, if I were to ever run for something, I'd want to study it very carefully. And do it. On a rigorous basis. And where better to study something than at an amazing public university like CU Boulder. Or Colorado State University. Just to name a few colleges, again, at complete random. So, this is something that I'll have to talk through with my 14ers at my non-fundraiser. Maybe pour through some of the responses in our focus groups and internal polling. Have I mentioned, just incidentally, just a quick side note, even though I rail against the NBA sometimes on this show and I talk about how I'm not a fan of the NBA for all sorts of different reasons, have I ever noted that there's actually a very important exception to that? Not just Enos Cantor-Freedom of the Boston Celtics, but as a team, a franchise, I've always really admired and been passionate about the Nuggets. You know, it, it occurs to me that I've never made that point before on the air. I just want to throw that out there. But yeah, it would be it would be, I think, when we go through all of that data and we talk to our consultants. It would be a Hail Mary pass. But you know who can throw a Hail Mary pass? My personal hero, John Elway. I'm hearing many people are saying that I'm sort of the John Elway of Colorado politics, minus living there, of course, or doing anything on behalf of the people of Colorado ever. So I don't know where this rumor started. I found it absolutely hilarious. It has no basis in fact whatsoever, at least as of now. How can I say this? I am not anticipating at this time moving to Colorado to seek office of any sort, be it governor or anything else. And should that change, you'll be the first to know. Well, I mean, aside from the team that I'm assembling and our top fundraisers, get some key endorsements lined up. No, I'm not running for anything anywhere. I find it absolutely hilarious that somehow it got into the bloodstream on any level, Colorado politics, that I'd be trying to run for governor. If nominated, I would not run. If elected, I would not serve. I don't think I'm eligible. I don't want to run for anything, anywhere, ever. I think I'm probably unelectable in the first place, right? I'm too moderate or too whatever, and then I'm going to be a right-winger to other people. It's just like it's too much. Also, the constant fundraising and begging people for money, it's just not appealing in any way, shape, or form to me. My mother-in-law did swear up and out. She's like, I promise you I did not start this rumor. I'm sure I I would— sometime at some point do like a deep dive into how that got started. Like a forensic audit of how this whisper campaign began. But I thought we would have a little bit of fun with it here in the segment. Not running for governor. Certainly not in Colorado or anywhere else. Not running for any public office. I am very happy right here on the radio, on TV, writing at Town Hall, part of the Fox News team. This is where I'm meant to be. This is where I get a great deal of fulfillment. And I'm not going anywhere. As long as they'll have me, and as long as you'll have me, I'll be right here. And in case they're listening, and I don't want to make any sort of formal endorsement. I don't know if there's other serious folks running in that primary or that whole process out there, but go Heidi. I'll just say that, okay? So if you're one of the people who's actually running for governor in Colorado, you can reassign your trackers. You can stop production on the attack ads against me. It's not happening. So I will be going to Colorado after Christmas. I will be having cocktails and wine and dinners with my family and friends and loved ones and my in-laws and the whole thing, and I will be coming back. To the state where i live to do this job oh man so amusing i got a big kick out of it christine burst out laughing christine would you vote for me
1: uh, of course i would vote for you but i mean that's not really the question that i want answered i'm just wondering what role in the administration would cookie play
2: <laughs> well actually it's a very little known element of colorado state law It's the only state in the whole country where there is an official state jester, like a court jester. It's the only state that has it. So I think there would be a built-in role. You know, it's a little boring day at the governor's mansion. It's like ring a little bell and then have Cookie come dancing in to perform. And just to make a point about who's really in charge, I'd probably have a little sidekick for you, a pony. Back here tomorrow on The Guy Benson Show from New York for the next couple of days. For TV, we will talk to you then from the Big Apple. And although I always love a long drink, sometimes you just got to go crack open a Coors Light. I'll do that. Talk to you tomorrow. Home stretch on The Guy Benson Show. You see this? The, uh, The Biden dog, Major... Is out. Major has been booted from the White House and rehomed, quote unquote. Bye bye, as Trump would say. Bye bye. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I guess Major was not a terribly well behaved dog. They didn't get him trained up properly. And they're just washing their hands of Major, saying, we can't really have this dog around anymore, which I don't know. To me, that's not a great move, to have a dog and then just give the dog away. Like, oh, it's in consultation with the vets and all this other thing. This is for the best interests of the dog and for everyone involved. I feel like this is a commitment. A pet is not just a disposable creature. But I guess if it's an optics problem for a politician, it can be disposed of. And that's what happened here with Major, and there's a new dog. They've already replaced him. Commander has arrived on the scene. Hopefully they train up Commander a little better than Major. I just feel like if Roy started to misbehave, I couldn't look at Adam being like, oh, you know what, this is annoying. Let's just uh, rehome him. And part of me also wonders, is that a euphemism? Oh, we rehomed the dog to a better place. He's in a better place now. Like when you tell... The kids that the dog's off on some farm in Amish country now, when in fact that's not what happened to the dog. I'm not saying they killed Major, but this does seem awfully familiar to a story that we reference quite a lot on this show involving our very own producer in chief, producer Christine, who famously as a child had a pony, rejected the pony. The pony was rehomed, quote unquote, to a garbage dump in Staten Island and the big golden corral in the sky. No,
1: no, you got to stop. That's not what happened. I
2: think Carousel and Major might be frolicking together up in heaven. So you're going to defend Biden on this, aren't you?
1: I, I don't often defend yeah, <laughs> Joe no, Biden.
2: rejecting and abandoning a pet so I and think- perhaps putting an end to the pet. That's
1: not what happened. That's, and
2: that's sort of up your alley. This listen, is where you're a very niche audience for this. You are, you're the Biden base on this issue, actually.
1: I'm all for animals. Some may say I'm an animal rights activist.
2: No one would say that. Some. No, Carousel's ghost would haunt you if you said that.
1: But I'm also for rehoming. If, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, Carousel was a monster. She was, <laughs> she was, <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. She was evil. She was an iron-footed beast, and she had to go. We couldn't live like that any longer.
2: <laughs> you're talking and, about your pony.
1: Yes, my little red pony. She was like— L- Little tiny thing.
2: carousel. You're calling her a monster. She was evil. E- an evil monster. So you're saying that Major got what he deserved.
1: Now, well, no, but maybe somebody else—I I and my family could not train. We've tried. We tried and tried to train carousel, and she just wouldn't—she was just awful. She, maybe she just didn't want to be there. So we had to get rid of her. I mean, we had to rehome her. Get rid we of her, had to, I think,
2: is you slipped there.
1: So there was an Amish family that was willing to— No, And this is a true story. You keep saying— mm-hmm. it, My father said there was a, a little boy in the Amish country that he knew. I don't know how he would know an Amish family, but he knew them. And they worked with Pony. Like, they could train horses. No.
2: What happened was you got tired of Carousel— and all the work that it took to train this poor animal, and you just did as what? we were like eight or nine, however young you were, just the old throat-slit gesture. And Carousel was sleeping with the fishes. Carousel now, and Jimmy Hoffa have been roommates for a while. That's what happened.
1: No, that's not. I may have said to my mom and dad, and my mother loves to tell this story, uh, Mom, Dad, get rid of the sucker.
2: I mean, that's the type of thing that gets played on a mafia tape that the FBI gives to the prosecutors at trial, right? When, like, the Don calls out a hit, get rid of the suckers. Like, uh, and Your Honor, uh, we'll play the—stop the tape, and you will direct the witness to answer. What did you understand that to mean? To whack him. No further questions. I mean, we understand what happened here, Christine, and now— it makes sense that suddenly yet Joe Biden's approval rating went up to 41% because you got a phone call. You disapprove on most things, but given the ax, bark back better to poor Major, this, is, this was a, a direct pander
1: I, ju- I to just, you. No, I just feel as someone who is, has a, an enormous love for animals and mm, will fight no. for them. I rescued a puppy last year. I didn't want the puppy.
2: I know you were talking about getting rid of Rosie, too. No, I
1: never said I was going to get... Don't... don't, Well... If Megan hears this, she's...
2: Well, we've already established Megan cannot listen to the home stretch anymore. She didn't think her
1: mom is an alcoholic, crazy psychopath who wanted to get rid of Rosie. Shot her pony. Yeah, I mean... Merry Christmas, Megan.
2: We do a truthful show here, right? Truth to Power. And that's the Guy Benson show... We also don't want Megan listening to the homestretch because she might start to once again lower her percentage chance of you guys selling the house. Because last time we checked, you had accepted the deal. The offer was accepted, and all things were a go. Systems were a go. But now you say there's been a wrinkle. Uh,
1: Yes. We had a feeling this may happen, but the contract went to our attorney. And our attorney, within an hour of reading it, wrote back to us and said, could you please call me? And then we got in the phone yesterday and he said, uh, over my dead body, will you sign this contract? Uh, they tried to sneak in way too many things that we were not going to cover or pay for. So now he. So was it
2: kind of a bit of a mirage when they were waiving some of the contingencies? They tried to write the contingencies sort of through a back door. Into the contract anyway? Yes.
1: yes. And my lawyer said, I would never let you sign this. I would so never are let you, you countering back? So, yeah, what, we, we got rid of everything that they wanted us.
2: So it's like your new verbiage you're going to yep. send back to them.
1: Correct. I'm not a lawyer. I don't speak lawyer talk, but we edited it down and said, here, there you go. And we also told our real estate agent, it is Christmas time. We don't want to deal with this right now. So there's no back and forth here. That is it for us. What else
2: did your agent tell you, though? Because you've got some added leverage, I would say, in this situation. They want the house. They might not be happy with the changes to the contract or the undoing of their changes to the contract, frankly. But you said there are people practically beating down the door of your house wanting to get in, even though it's under contract well, like 10 people want to get in still? So
1: even before our lawyer had looked at this contract, on Sunday night, our real estate agent emailed us and was like, hey, guys, I am getting an insane amount of requests to see this house. So she said, technically, you can still show the house even when you're in attorney review because things could fall apart. Which they might. Right. So we, at first, were like, no, we don't want to be greedy. And then I called Judgey Joyce because she's good with all the stuff. And she's like, of course, you dummies. You show the house. If
2: there's all this interest and there's an issue. Like, if there were no issue, I think in good faith you just move forward. But if there are question marks that have arisen, then I think keeping the flow of people through the house adds to the pressure on the buyer's side as well. And also gives you guys potential flexibility and more options moving forward. Who knew? Eyesore Lane, so hot right now. Eyesore Lane.
1: One last thing I have to tell you. One of the neighbors came over to us because remember, I told you there's four houses in a row after my inflatable went up last year.
2: I cannot believe that people are following your lead on Christmas blow ups.
1: It's, it's a good look. It's a, it's a nice look. And this year, we, we all said on not. Sunday because we were all outside, we decided um, this week lights and uh, inflatable stay up uh, 24 hours. Because it's Christmas week. yeah. As opposed to
2: deflating them during the day, which is extra depressing looking.
1: But they asked us if we could. Oh, I
2: said it last year. It's like someone did a drive-by on Santa and the Reindeer, and they are just collapsed in a puddle on your yard for half the day. By the way, flying back from Mississippi from this wedding that I was at this past weekend, I was landing in Houston, which was the connecting flight. I guess right outside of Houston, there's a big lake. And there were some communities right around that lake. So we were descending. There was a neighborhood in that vicinity. Every single house, it looked like, had not just a sprinkling of Christmas lights, but epic Christmas lights. This neighborhood was lit up. You could see it from the sky. I was actually impressed. I almost took a little photo out of the window to give a shout-out to whatever that neighborhood is, where they clearly take their lights very seriously.
1: would you give them a shout out and not me
2: i didn't see inflatables oh yeah i saw lights i like christmas lights it's a big you, difference you
1: haven't been to uh as you call it eyesore lane you don't know that you don't know true. how pretty it looks you're no. right i go ahead why I mean, haven't you been there
2: you you answer that question because
1: i haven't invited you uh-huh
2: there it is so i can only imagine in my mind's eye Based on your description, and based also on the context of your real estate agent begging you to take your decorations down.
1: Don't forget the people looking at the house complaining about the decor.
2: Yes, as you listen to them, spied on them. Little elf on the shelf, spying on the people in your own home. Cookie in a corner. And getting really mad. I mean, getting very angry at them.
1: That's rude. Maybe like
2: preparing to go all carousel on them if they say one more word.
1: It's rude to complain about really nice decor. I know what I've put, <laughs> the effort I've put into this house. How dare you speak to an animal activist like that?
2: An animal activist. Oh. <sighs> we got to go. Gottfeld tonight, 11 p.m. Eastern time, Fox News Channel. I'm on the panel filling in for Kennedy tomorrow on FBN. We're back here on the radio, same time, same place, from the Big Apple. Have a great night. Merry Christmas. Talk to you tomorrow. show, Merry Almost Christmas, and it has been quite a program today. We had a lot of warm and fuzzies with Juan Williams. If you missed that earlier in the hour, that was a pretty emotional interview. I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. The podcast is always free, GuyBensonShow.com, FoxNewsPodcast.com, wherever you get your podcasts. We're right there, The Guy Benson Show. We don't want to do too much more sentimentality. This is going to be too sappy of an hour, so instead, what we're going to do here. Is Countdown, according to science, allegedly, the five most dangerous Christmas songs in America? I guess researchers said that they wanted to gauge the danger of listening to songs while driving because, what is this, Christine? Because of the beat of the song or something and you start to drive too fast because of it?
1: Well, I mean, I drive fast for every in every situation when I'm in the car, but yeah, apparently the beats per minute for these songs uh, maybe get your heart rate up, and it's a little more dangerous while you're driving.
2: I mean, Strange. I think that's ridiculous. Like the whole premise of this is a bit absurd to me. And I'll just read briefly from the article. This is from a Fox affiliate. In the final stretch to Christmas Day, everyone has likely had their fill of holiday songs. See, I am not sick of them yet because I didn't start listening to them until December. So I'm not Christmas-songed out yet, but we're getting close. It's going to time out perfectly. They've been playing, of course, in stores and on the radio for more than a month. Whether you like the classics or a newer mix, studies suggest some Yuletide hits could have an effect on people's ability to drive. So they found... That when you listen to the radio, it can be helpful. It keeps people awake. It keeps people attentive. However, some songs hit differently than others. An insurance company recently released a list of the most dangerous Christmas songs to drive to, claiming that some carols could cause crashes. And yes, the results are based on the number of beats per minute in the song. In my opinion, this was a complete like attention grab. Like, this was a PR stunt. I don't believe this, but it succeeded because we're doing it as a topic. It's also just an excuse to play some of these songs and then argue about whether any of this makes any sense. So, look, I bring you this information not vouching for the validity of the science here. But, look, we report, you decide. Let's start with the fifth most dangerous Christmas song to drive to. Allegedly, listen here.
0: And so this is Christmas. I hope you have fun. The near and the dear ones. The
2: old and the young. How is that a problem? That's like a low key song. It's relaxing. I don't find that, like, my heart doesn't start racing. I'm not pushing further down on the pedal. When I'm listening to that song. I don't get that. Again, I'm dubious. I'm dubious of this whole thing. All right, number four, let's listen. Is
0: to is to is to is to
2: I mean, that one I, at least I get. Jackson 5, very young Michael Jackson, belting it out. That's upbeat. I like that song. I like that song a lot. But I can at least understand the idea that it would make me go faster in the car, unlike the previous one. Those are almost completely opposite songs. No, I don't know. The more we get into this, the less I believe it. All right, number three, supposedly. Feliz Navidad. All right. I mean, I I don't even know how to analyze this. This insurance company, by the way, I was reading more of this article. This is an Irish insurance company. I think this is, I think this is made up. I honestly do. I kind of like Feliz Navidad. I like it better than the Hawaiian Christmas song. Although we were just having dinner with some friends the other day. His favorite Christmas song is the Hawaiian one. Say Merry Christmas to you. It's fine. I think it's overplayed. I haven't heard Feliz Navidad as much this year. and I think it's a good one. All right, whatever. Number two. Oh, and we cut the song off before the famous part. And then her hitting the note. I've actually made a specific effort this year not to listen to that song too much because it is absolutely overplayed and you can get sick of it. It is a great modern era Christmas song. Great. I will underscore that. And I haven't heard it too much this year, so just as it was playing in my headphones right now, I was just bopping along. Now I want to go back and listen to the whole song. There was, there was one Christmas season where an ex had a Christmas party. And at this party, they must have played that song, without exaggeration, 50 times. And I think I overdosed. I overdosed on Mariah by even like the seventh or eighth playing. I was like, guys, really? And then by the 40th, I probably had to go take a walk somewhere just for my own sanity. So I think it's like when you get food poisoning and then you're scared to try that food again for a while, which is irrational. Maybe that was my reaction for a few years on that Mariah Carey classic. But when you go cold turkey on it for a while, then you hear it. It's just like, I'm sorry, you can't deny that it's good. Maybe I'd go a little faster in the car listening to that song. Especially when she does the high note at the end. You sort of whoop accelerate. That's the first one that makes them, I would say, the most sense to me. Based on this premise. But then they lose me with supposedly, again, ostensibly, allegedly... The number one most dangerous Christmas song to listen to in the car if you're driving—it's this one.
0: Yeah,
2: I don't love this song. It's fine. I'm also not buying that it's gonna make you drive off a bridge by accident all right christine do you have any thoughts on this before we part ways for the christmas season
1: i i just don't get it i i think i'm kind of with you maybe this is a little made up it was nice for us to play the songs you know me i love a good christmas song and and that's why you pitched this like it was a
2: headline you're like oh christmas song this is a top topic (laughs) let's do it and I was like, mm-hmm. well, this smells like absolute rubbish to me, but fine. And here we've done it. We've done it together and we've talked about Christmas songs in our final segment, new segment on the show before Christmas. We've got a great best of tomorrow. But congratulations. We've we've done this as our last home stretch together of twenty twenty one. Hopefully we will have many home stretches to come in twenty twenty two and beyond on all of our normal topics from Mama's Juice to Carousel and everything in between. It has been a very interesting, memorable year, has it not? We've got guest hosts next week. We've got best ofs next week. But I'm going to be off with new shows until the new year. It is a great privilege to come to you every day on the Guy Benson Show. We could not do this without our team. Merry Christmas to our entire team and our support group and our bosses at Fox News Radio and all of our great affiliates. It is really meaningful to have you on the team. And, of course, to our audience, our growing audience, we are so grateful. Thank you for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. And when we meet again, it'll be 2022 and we'll be off to the races in a very important and consequential election year. Merry Christmas, everyone and good night.
0: That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy, and me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America.
0: Download from The Kitchen Table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts.